I don't even know what you ever you know that saying you don't know where to start. Because Pastor was you know he's over there stirring up some other stuff. So before I even get started, you know, I just want to thank the man of God for for believing and you know what I have to 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 do today as far as serving God and man, it's just been an awesome run this this whole month of March. Woo, Lord, uh, God is doing a lot right now. Um, I, you know, you sometimes you just get speechless. He's doing so much. And I was just sitting there listening to the pastor, and he talked a little bit about, you know, sometimes and I, me and him had this conversation about people who rush, rush in church to rush out of church. And, you know, I think I brought that up like a year ago. And I told Pastor, I said, you know what, Pastor? We led by the Spirit. So time is, is, is not important when it comes to what God has for us to do on this day. It's no different than what happened to me last night, you know, and, and nights before. At the end of uh, God speaking to me about what I was to talk about today, and he said, you're going to teach some things today. He had me scrap half of it and said, go back to your notes. And so I started putting X's. He said, nope, 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 and nope. I said, what, Lord? But here we go. What he really was doing to have me up to about 5 a.m. was dealing with my patience, dealing with my, uh, uh, he really dealt with my level of understanding and wisdom and a whole lot of things that you can't do in the natural. But I was tired. But I, I said, oh, Lord, I used to sit up to 5 o'clock watching movies. So why not you? Why can't I do it for you? So, 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 so I, I got that second wind, got me some cucumbers, threw it in some water. <laughs> and it was on, as they say. And God will do that for you. And when you at your wit's end. Y'all know how I feel when you've been up all day and you just tired. But God gave me a whole new breath of fresh air. My typing might have got a little wavered, but I said, Lord, fix this. I can't keep retyping. You know, you're typing backwards. You're seeing blurs. But you know what? Again, woo, you can't beat what God put in you when he has something for you to get out of you. And so, you know, before I even get started, because he, you know, God will give you things in different ways. And as a kid, I just remember, and, and when Pastor called me the first time even to speak, I said, whoo, Lord, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. But just know this, audience, Zoom audience, church audience, just like he deal, dealt with me as far as sometimes he'll just, you can do it without paper, pen, computer, and sometimes you need those notes. But that's a part of being obedient. You, you got to know what he wants from you, not what you want. If you got to scrap everything you was going to do that day and go a different way, and that's what God is showing you, just do it. Pastor said that. As long as you do it, everything is going to be all right. So without saying any more before I get started, the Lord told me to walk out into this audience. I'm going to start with the Zoom audience, and I just want to pray real quick that uh, we're going to touch and agree on this screen that every word that comes out of my mouth is a weapon against Satan. Yes, Lord. 
is a tool for the audience. I thank God for using me today as his empty vessel that he may fill me up that I may fill you up. Lord God, you know the desires of our hearts. Oh, Lord, whew, I just feel all the spirits that you are going to touch today. And not only touch them, Lord God, but have them to use these tools. When they received a driver's license, Lord God, they couldn't wait to drive a car. So I want them to feel that way at the end of this service, Lord God, that they can't wait to drive with that new thing that you give them and impart in the people that need it most. You see, Lord God, we in the house right now, and we need it. So imagine the people in the world, Lord God, they really, really need us today to embark and impart in them your word, your wisdom, your teachings, so that they can receive the blessings that you have in store. Oh, Lord God, I thank you once again for the man of God. Thank you, Lord God, for the, for the apostle who just, whoo, she led the way for this, I'm going to call it testimonial Sunday that I'm going to talk about in a mighty, mighty way. And, Lord God, I know when you line it up, it's going to be perfect. So I thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, you're my Savior. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody can be seated now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Find my glasses here. <laughs> Pastor, no, you have to have wisdom, you know. You can't see, you put on glasses. Um, and that was just all from God because, you know, he'll have you once again set, set up a table and then he'll say, let's, let's, let's do some things a little different. And so... Um, I'm thanking him. I'm thanking the pastor. I thank the apostle. Happy Palm Sunday, church. Happy Palm Sunday, everyone out there in the audience. Um, I'm going to piggyback a little bit on what pastor said. You know, just because it's Palm Sunday, I don't want to leave that out, you know, of the service. Um, and I have a few scriptures that I've, I felt were, were good for me, good for my household. And I'm just going to read them. I um, started off Mark 10:22, and he spoke of Jesus, looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And I use that all the time when I'm afraid of something. I instantly go to Mark 10 and 22. And I may not remember the scripture, but I remember the words. Um, and then my next scripture is Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Oh, boy. We're going to grow weary, but, but you know what? Just stay focused. And in due season, God will show you why he put you in that situation. And then John 12, 12, and 13 I call this the triumphal entry of Jesus. This is my Palm Sunday scripture. The next day, a great multitude that had come up to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet high and cried out, Hosanna, which means joy and praise. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Thank you for that, Father. Um, so uh, last week, um, the apostle, she talked about uh, 2 Corinthians and 4, and I'm going to read that scripture. And the words were, how the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, who shines on them. Verse 5 says, for what we preach is not for ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. The apostle also discussed that there's a debt that has to be paid for this generation. This is because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. We didn't tell them the story. Who are they? This generation that is just in so much turmoil. Apostle also stated that with him there's comfort and peace. Romans 15 and 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. These are the teachings that they missed out on. Well, the bounty was passed down because the story wasn't told based on what the apostle said. They did not understand that Romans 6 and 23 specifically says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift to God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So important. How could we miss that for our youth, for our teenagers, for our 13-year-olds, our, our young adults? I had to really sit back and think about this as God had me putting this together because, again, uh, the apostle really set the table because I was thinking one thing, and when I, when I started reiterating what she spoke on, and I work in the school system, I said, mm, Lord, what would you have your servant to do? And that's when he said, let's make some changes. So basically, this explains why when the news come on, we see the youth killing each other. We see folks doing these shootings, shooting up. Like Pastor said, salons, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a system, it's a, a generation of lawless, lawlessness, I, I call it. Uh, they're lawless, and man hasn't even caught up with his laws for that age group. Think about that. You know, man want to be in control of everything, but he don't even have laws. He don't know what to do when a 12-year-old murders somebody. Where are you going to incarcerate them? Where are you going to put them? How's that look? How many years are they going to serve? Are they going to repent? Are they going to get it right when we let them out? They ain't going to do nothing without God. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. <laughs> Man ain't in control of that. <clears throat> oh, my God. Well, with that being said, God gave me a specific message for today. Surely a continuation of last week's message when I thought about it. And I thank him for this. And I entitled today's message, Why Not You? If not you, then who will it be, says the Lord? When I was going through different things and God was giving me assignments and I made up all these excuses why I couldn't fulfill these assignments. I ain't ready, Lord. I did this, Lord. I said that, Lord. Had an argument with my wife, Lord. He said, oh, no, son. Why not you? 
if not you, then who's going to do this for me? This is your assignment. It ain't Elder Torches. It ain't Pastor Rudy's. After your assignment is over, it's for you to tell them about it and testify to the church about it. But it is your assignment, son. This ain't, I, this ain't theirs. I'm like, oh, God, okay. And that just kept coming up. Why not you? Every time I had some doubt, why not you? Didn't I prepare you for this? Didn't I save your life several times? You done, you done fell off of buildings. You done had car accidents. All them girls you used to have, one of them could have stabbed you in the neck. All kind of. I done saved you from a lot, young man. And you doubting my assignment for you? Why not you? Whoo, I was done then. I ain't playing then. Lord, what you say? What you say? I got you. Amen. My wife said, I got you. What you say? It's what? For him? I don't care nothing about that. I got you. Amen. I got you. Time has no essence of what. It, 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 can't, it can't dictate what God has for me. No more. You know, because when we was in the world, we all know. I was looking at this crazy movie the other day that was on Studio 54. Them folks was out of control. And I was like, they lived to party and do all kind of sinful things. We got to help folks live for Christ and do all kind of great things in him. You know, the devil is now he 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 doing some things for folks, but that don't mean that you can't just open your mouth and say one little thing and change a person's destiny. Amen. So I begin to examine what God does when I do that. And see here, God is taking me off script, but I'm gonna go with it because He keep moving. When God does that for me, woo. It ain't nobody, not even a president of the United States, if God asked me to witness to them. I don't care who you are. Oprah, you need a word? See, some of us got a problem with position and people who got a little more money than us and all of that. I don't, I've never cared about that. I've never cared about, do you know I had a job, I walked through a parlor and Oprah was getting her hair done and I didn't even know who she was. To somebody else said, that was Oprah, okay. I done walked out the place now. I done been amongst celebrities, and they done invited me places, and my friends were like, do you know who that is? That's the singer such as. So God already understood where I was when it came to man. I ain't worshiping no man. Worshiping you, Lord. So once we put aside all of these famous folks and how much money they make... I know people that know every statistic in football and basketball. They don't know nothing about God. I just don't understand it. I don't know nothing about sports. I just watch and pretend. But I can't pretend when it comes to this word. I just sit there with my friend. Yeah, man, he, what? Okay. Faking and shaking. Don't ask me too many questions. <laughs> Because I ain't got no answers. <laughs> but, but God, but see, 
I believe that God leaves all of that space for me to use his word, not all of that. We fill our minds up with all of this clutter. I call it, everybody need a reboot if that's what's in their mind. Just go somewhere and, and call to know the language of the computer. Empty your, and, and Pastor too, empty your hard drive out. Get that mess out of your hard drive, what everybody else is doing. How much money they make. <laughs> empty that. And become an empty vessel so that we can put some God in you. <laughs> I'm 52. I'm 52 years old, and the only person I know that I can remember on the bands is Walter Payton. The rest of them, I don't know. You have to tell me. Oh yeah, yeah, he was the quarterback. I don't know. <laughs> but God is good, and I, I I learned to appreciate that He did that for me because again, He left me enough space that I could focus on something else that ain't important. You know. Thank you, God. That surely came from him. Surely. <laughs> so the Lord has been giving me assignments that involve blessing everyone I encounter with a word or, or two that let them know about his goodness. I spent years just saying have a blessed day to everyone I encountered. He showed me that I was giving them a gift that he gave me each time gift that he gave me, I would just share it. Amen. You know, in sharing gifts, you don't even know you're doing it if, 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 if in a lot of cases, because that in itself, um, I told Pastor this little story about 15 years ago, I acquired a restaurant, soul food restaurant called Blue Soul. And that's around the time I met my lovely wife. We were just dating. But um, I didn't even have money. I had, I had about $300 in the bank. And a homeless man spoke to me on the sidewalk. I was just looking at the place on 111th and Halston. And he woke up to me and he said, well, you going to open this up? And if you do, what is it going to be? I said, I don't know. But if I can open it up, it would probably be a soul food. He said, no, I'll make it a chicken and waffle and soul food. And I said, okay. And, and he said, if you're interested, the guy down the street at the liquor store owned this whole block. Now, just to show you how bold I was, and I wasn't even at a place with God like God is pulling me today. I just went down there. Didn't have no appointment. And, and, uh, and the people was like, you want to see who? The boss. And the boss was a Greek man, and he was something like a mobster when I got through listening to him. And I came in all scared and sat down, and I just started to share my thoughts, my ideas, and what God showed me. Even then, I remember I brought God into it. Them folks were sitting there. Me and that man talked for two hours. They said he ain't never talked to a black man for that long with his racist self. Then he shared with me how much the rent was. And I just blacked out. Because I didn't understand the power of God. I didn't understand that favor. And so what I did is I, um, I put all of this in him. And he said, you remind me of myself. When I came over here from Greece on the boat with a nickel in my pocket, he said, young man, you can do it all. 
I'm just looking at him like, yeah, without no money. I left. I had filled out an application, put my address and everything on that, and left. Do you know this man sent somebody to find me? Now I knew I'd have messed up. I said, who is this man? I'm in trouble. They got me over there. I came. He said, let me ask you a question. How can I have more faith in you than you have in yourself? And this is not even a man. I mean, all he did was curse while I was there. Every word was cursed. But when he said that, I just like, he said, don't say it. I know what you're about to say because you don't have no money. He said, did I ask you for some money? Well, you didn't, sir. He said, let me show you my checkbook. He had a checkbook with over six figures on it. He said, this is my petty cash. When I need some money from you, sir, I'll ask you for it. It's like, what just happened? Then he threw the keys at me and said, get out of here and go open up your restaurant. That was some favor, church. And so when that, that just inspired something in me because, again, I wasn't really going to church. And when, I, when my wife, she helped me do the upholstery. Another lady that I know, her grandmother had passed at this place called Granny's, and she gave me all of the equipment. I didn't have no money, and I didn't need none. We built it out ourselves, a whole restaurant. Me, my wife, and her cousin. Everybody else just like, oh, no, I don't want nothing to do with you. And I remember when the health department came and left, I just stood there when they said, you're approved to open. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do for you? I can't do nothing until you tell me. You know what the Lord said to me? He said, every person that walked through this door and extend monies to you. You just simply tell them to have a prosperous and blessed day. Guess what? I did that. And God reminded me at the beginning of March why what's happening today is happening. He said, let's go back to that assignment. He said, you're a numbers person. <laughs> he said, when you cashed out that register and sold that restaurant, and looked at that tape on how much money you made over 10 years, you didn't care about that. He said, what did you care about? I said, head count, customer transactions. He said, so how many did you have? I said, oh, Lord, over 50,000. He said, and you told them all to have a blessed and prosperous day. I said, what? He said, now you see? Now you see, he wouldn't about you in the first place. He said, that was a ministry and you didn't even know it. That was a test and you didn't have a clue. I bet you understand favor now and I bet you understand faith now. I said, huh, I surely do, Lord, because if I employed 130 people, I never missed paying them their money or anything. I had no debts, no bills. No outstanding taxes, nothing in 10 years. Who can do that opening up their first restaurant? So God showed me he was in it because he taught me in it, uh, you know, 
how to be and do things in excellence. And that's what he wants of all of us. Then he can start to really, really use us. But there's some things he's going to take us through. Woo. God is good, y'all. So now <laughs> I just let him use me. I get out of the way of myself daily. My, my wish is that everyone here today and on Zoom can experience what God can do for them when they simply let him use them. I'm just an empty vessel who will let him fill me up every day. That fresh anointing, ooh, it's, it's powerful when you just let him do it for you. It makes it where we can easily execute his will for us. He ain't gonna, if you got a hard time executing his will, you need to step back like I told some, some, some custodians and people last week and look at yourself in the mirror when you start judging folks and things like that about how much work you do and how much work they do and blah, blah, blah. I made them all step back. I said, I'm not here to argue with you. I'm not here to write you up, but y'all got to come together. Guess what, saints? We got to come together. Pastor always says he kills his flesh every day. He don't know how powerful that one thing was in my life because it's real. It helped me in some areas that I didn't understand. So now when I wake up and I kill my flesh, I have a whole different kind of day. It ain't the day that Satan planned for me. Is the day that God planned for me. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, Christians, I don't care how many years you've been in church and none of that. How well you know the word, you can know half the Bible without reading, without even opening it up. The devil come to kill, steal, and destroy. And he'll mess your day up. He'll mess your life up. He'll mess your marriage up. He'll mess your family up. When you wake up, kill your flesh. Amen. Don't you going to have some problems. Yeah. And with problems, there are consequences. Philippians 4 and 13 states, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, when you kill your flesh, <laughs> Christ can strengthen you. Amen. <laughs> you know, we had to come to him and say, hey, we can't do this. Strengthen us, Lord God. Take, take what's in me or what's, what the devil trying to do to me out of me today and, and strengthen me. <clears throat> you know, our youth today, they just don't understand. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One and understanding. They don't fear God and therefore they lack wisdom. Guess what, though, saints? We charged with teaching them that. Amen. Teaching them that word so that they can gain the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Who, if not you, then who? Amen. Who's going to do it? Yeah. Come on, <laughs> All of these years of learning the word ain't just for us. And guess what? I, I ain't got as many years 
as you all. So if y'all, if I go long, I don't know order. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't brought up like that. I was brought up by this man right here. Hallelujah. And I ain't know, I, and see, see, it don't matter how many years you know a man. When I say I was brought up by this man right here, we were co-workers. We've only known each other for, I don't know, Pastor, I lose track of time. Seven, eight, six years. Amen. But my point is, is folks I know my whole life that haven't imparted in me what he has. So don't get it twisted, audience. You know? You got the knowledge. You got the wisdom. If you sitting under this man and you ain't doing nothing with this knowledge and wisdom, shame on you. Shame on you. Guess what? Just telling everybody you know for the next month, when you wake up, kill your flesh every day. What that mean? Give them that scripture I just read. You done done a whole lot. You know, some, I think some people think it's a job to witness and they have to prepare and then they get, well, I don't know if they're going to receive me. That's the devil. You don't need a whole lot to open the gates and open the doors and open their hearts. But typically when I start off with something that simple, we end up talking for about an hour and a half about Jesus. That's just how easy it is. When I was in sales years ago, worked for Sara Lee as a regional manager. I didn't have so many careers. <laughs> but I had to meet all kind of executives, and I was only African-American, and I was young, and I looked like I was 16, so I didn't get a lot of respect. So I had to really put together some powerful icebreakers when I met with these folks. And they'd be like, ooh, he got knowledge of this product. He know what's going on. Now we can talk. Same thing for us. Put together some icebreakers. Ain't nothing wrong with rehearsing it. God love that when you prepared some little one-liners and you walk up. What, what pastor gave me a one-liner last week? He said, just tell him, let's bring God in this. I did that three times with some school principals. Woo! We was in the office all half the day. I, I ain't worried about no time if you ain't. Because you're charged with making sure these West Side children make it out alive. Let me pray with you. Let, one, one principal pulled out the oil. She missed her Zoom meeting. That's love. You know, so I just thank God for simplifying things. This, this, this is definitely not, you know, when I didn't understand, it was difficult. But when you sit under a man of God that can articulate God's word in real life scenario. He put me right where I need to be because I grew up kind of Baptist and halfway through the service, and I'm not making fun at all, but as a kid, when a pastor started screaming and church jumping for joy and the word just stopped, and we just like, okay, now what? But when you teach, you don't need a big band. You don't need the world's biggest church. You don't need the most expensive suit. Guess what? Wisdom tells us that we want to make our people comfortable and not intimidate people. Intimidation in church, you can talk over folks. You can outdress folks. You can outdrive folks. 
You pull up in a Rolls Royce, they ain't coming. If they just normal people, man, I want them uppity people. No, it's real. But wisdom will teach us how to meet them where they are. That's what God wants us to do, saints. Meet them where they at. As my sisters and brothers would say, keep it real. <laughs> oh, Lord God. Whew. See, God keep taking me off. <laughs> I'm loving it. When I read scriptures, I get excited, saints. Especially when I learn something new. This fuels me. What happens when you take a sports car and put premium gas in it? It, it, that few, why they even ask you to put premium gas in it? To give it more power. <laughs> Word of God give you that, that extra power you need. <laughs> that extra anointing you need. <laughs> when I'm working on the west side, I had a recent meeting with my six engineers and uh, I asked them as an icebreaker to give me their best practices at work. And I did that because I wanted them to share in ways that they could all become better. I have one for the Bible reader that helps me. One word. Can anybody guess? Google. God, God has advanced this nation where you don't have no excuses. If you don't know something, just hit Google. <laughs> we ain't got no excuses. I, I can't read. I, didn't, I was raised in a bad neighborhood and school didn't teach me well. I just, they just pushed me through the system. Yeah, come on. Just Google it. And you can make your phone talk to you. You don't even need to read. If you don't know something. <laughs> Help me summarize the book last night at 4 a.m. Real quick. Because I was like, ooh, Lord, I got, I got it a little faster. I got to keep up with you, Lord. <laughs> I summarized the book of Philippians chapter 4. Paul's discussion about living the Christian life. In the, in, the, in the letter, the church of Philippi, Paul highlights themes such as joy and glory. He puts great emphasis on how Christians, how a Christian's thinking and attitude affects the way they live out their Christian faith. Paul was very thankful for the support of the Philippian church, but is also concerned about the influence of various false teachers. Amen. Those are the ones that don't keep it real. They trying to do something that God ain't tell them to do. Trying to be important. That ain't what God wants you to do. He wants you to keep it real. Meet these folks right where they at. People going through a whole lot out here. There's death and phantom and poverty all around us. <laughs> keep it real, teachers. Don't talk over folks. You know, 
And we have those in our churches and schools. False teachers. Don't need to be there. Because their heart's not in the right place. Amen? Your heart got to be in the right place for God to use you. You may not have it all together, but don't doubt. I don't doubt one thing now. If my heart is in the right place, he's surely going to use me. He tell me, I'll deal with that other stuff you're going through later, but I'm going to use you today. Paul went on to say in Philippians 4, 21 to 23, that we should greet every saint in Jesus Christ. Guess what, saints? This was the beginning of my new assignment. <laughs> he said that the brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send greetings, send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Don't that sound familiar? <laughs> Sounds like when God told me to just tell everybody have a blessed and prosperous day. Amen. And later on in life, he revealed that it was over 50,000 people. <laughs> just a simple assignment. <laughs> I didn't even count it. 50,000 people, Lord? And we didn't touch and agree like that? Because you are, you know, you can put 10,000 to flight. So take 50,000 and multiply it by 10,000. How many is that? And the other ones that we don't know about. See, God, he'll show you later on. As long as you're obedient, you might not know why you're doing it today. It took him 10 years to show me the whole plan. It's <laughs> like, wow. I woke up, that's why I wake up and jump out of the bed. Okay, Lord. Because I don't want to miss nothing Amen. that he would assign me. Let me ask y'all a question. How often do we greet the non-believers in Jesus Christ? Because the word said the believers. But we all know the truth. In a day's time, we're going to probably meet a whole lot more non-believers than we do believers. I know we do this when we see the saints in church, in or out, round about, other saints. But how often do we do this to people who aren't saved? God's word says in Romans 1 and 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. Verse 17 says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to fruit, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So them non-believers, they need to hear this. They need to hear this. Because it ain't their fault that they don't know. Remember grandma, mom, he don't know no better. Well, now we're going to teach him. Then what? We don't want all those, you don't know no better no more because he'll be back soon. We want to get everybody ready, prepared. So, for those who aren't sure where we can find the people to send greetings to, I prepared a little list that God showed me. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, 
God, this is awesome. The laundromat, the grocery store, when you out fine dining, when you swinging the golf club, when you at work, when you in a gas station, when you in the bowling alley, if you happen to visit a prison or become a prisoner, when you in the hospital or the park, at a resort, at a beach, I'm just naming a few. You can witness anywhere. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> God showed me that. He said, ain't no excuse. It don't matter where you are. Yes. <laughs> I just, just to clarify and define what we are supposed to be doing, saints, and witnessing, this word is defined as having knowledge of evidence or proof and openly professing one's religious faith. You got the knowledge. You know the proof. It's in the pudding, as they say, right? Now all you got to do is openly profess every day, everywhere. Make it simple. Are y'all with me so far? <laughs> I just love God. Because he deal with my mess. And still put me through the good test. Mm. So there's power in God's word. 2 Timothy 3 and 16 states that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Mm. Verse 17 says that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. So God is, 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 is waiting on us to inspire other folks. Um, with his doctrine. And if we're not ashamed, we would be doing it more often than not. Other than that, I don't know what is the reason why most people just don't do it. But I would ask a man to examine himself like I asked my wife to examine me. If you're not doing it, it's something that you can point to right away. Fear, um, Maybe somebody didn't receive God, but they don't, don't worry about them. Maybe they thought you was out of order by doing it. Don't worry about them. Move on to the next, in the next, in the next. It's always going to be some that need more than just one of us. To, you know, one of us elders might put a thousand to flight, but what if all of us got together? Sum this up. After we study his word and have faith in him, we are expected to go out witness to the people we encounter daily. Matthew 9 and 37 says, The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Verse 38, Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus was talking to his disciples. The pastor talking. I feel like a disciple some days. Not the one that we grew up with in the hood. But I'd be like, man, oh man, oh man. I'm going to go out and do this. Because if I sit on it, I'm not. You know, and <laughs> I was just thinking about school. And I'm going to probably bring this up again because I always try to bring things into reality of how it affects me. 
when you get out of class and the teacher goes over everything when you was in school, that's the best time for you to study and, and, and prep yourself and take the best notes. You wait two, three days, you don't remember nothing that teacher said. So, and, and my friend used to say, when the student is ready, the teacher shall appear. <laughs> we got a teacher that been here. And we have to take him serious and take notes and find out what God would have us do with his great servants and the words that they received on any given Sunday. I don't know about y'all, but my soul feels good when I talk about Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Especially the people who don't know him. Because I normally just start off with trying to encourage them with something they're going up. And then I bring God into the equation. I could just say, God is good. And start, and they're going to be like, uh, when they react to that, God is good. What? All the time. Now, for folks who may not attend church, they might not say all the time, but they're going to definitely say something. And most of the time I get, yes, he is. Same thing. So now I know you just need me to pray for you. Amen. All right, we can stop playing around. Let us pray. Woo-wee. <laughs> and when you pray like that, oh, my God. Woo. Just, I call it impromptu prayer for folks. I have done that. Uh, man, God, just bring that through me. And I had to stop and say, God, just make sure this is of you. Not a me. That impromptu prayer, though, is powerful. It is powerful. James 1, 17 through 19 says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Come down, and it come down from the Father of light, and when there is no variation, shadow of turning, 18 of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of fresh, of first fruits of his creatures. So he made us the first fruits. So I don't mind walking in obedience when I read this scripture. You know, he could have made me uh, the last fruit. Uh, he could have made me into a hog or a pig ready for the slaughter. I'm out there running from the man with the, with the knife. <laughs> I'm so grateful God made me in his image. Thank you, Lord. I ain't out there hanging from a tree. Woo, thank you, God. You know, and this is the type of things that I plan in my mind so I could always be reminded why it's so important for me to fulfill the assignments. And, you know, <laughs> I used to work a couple of jobs. One, I was thinking about Sarah Lee again. And this Caucasian lady one day said to me, Archie, I wish I was like you. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? She said, boy, you're a chameleon. You could blend into any audience, anywhere. He, she said, you can adapt yourself to any situation. And that was way long time ago before I really knew God. But see, God will remind you, if you could adopt to people then, what is your problem now? 
I could adapt because I was the youngest, only African-American male amongst a world of people that had a different opinion of us. And so I had to learn how to adapt so that I can overcome, right? So the Lord, with his word, you know it never comes back void. And he's going to give you the words that's adapting you to your audience. You just got to hear from them. <laughs> Who you good, God? I'm going to leave you with a big quality, too, that, you know, we must have when we go out to witness. James 1.19 says, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Verse 20 says, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Amen. So when people don't hear what you're saying, they don't want to receive what you're saying, don't get angry. Listen. When you listen, you can really understand what it is they need. So if you start off talking, you done missed it. Just listen. Let them pour out to you. Because they really know in their inner man that they know they need Jesus. So the more you allow them to talk and talk and talk, and then you just wrap your arms around them and say, I understand. That's like God himself wrapping his arms around them when you coming in the name of the Father. You don't even have to say anything. Again, proof is in the pudding. I had to talk to some workers that was going through some things, lost family members, and I listened. And I said, I understand, and I love you. And it all came out. Now I, now I can bring God in. This is, now let me show you how this is supposed to work for you moving forward. This is what God is showing me. Now I can move forward. That's just wisdom of God and what he'll give us all on any given day in any given situation. Wow. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we must listen to them, lift them up, encourage them, and pray with them Amen. in that order. You know, I used to work with a friend of mine that was a McDonald's owner operator, and I traveled back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and give him a break, and I'd stay a week and come back home for a week, and I worked for Sarah Lee. Oh, Lord, I can remember them days. And he gave me a team-building thing or two. <laughs> he said, when he did this, he said, Archie, this is team-building, one-on-one. <laughs> Listen to this, saints. It's called Stop, Start, and Continue. Here we go. Something that's so simple. Here's my stop. Stop saying I'm going to pray for you and then walk away. Well, I already accomplished that one. Now it's time to pray. It don't matter where you are. Just put it in God's hands. God put it on your heart. Just do it, saints. Here's my start. Start praying more often with my wife and studying the word more often. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn off the TV. Yes. 
I know you got 7,000 channels now, but turn it off. Lord, <laughs> it can wait. This is more important stuff, saints. Here's my continue. Continue being obedient and not wavering when new assignments come. Woo! As long as I do that, I think I'm going to be all right. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <sighs> God's word is something else, saints. I'm going to tell you what God did, though, after that. So remember that stop, start, continue, though. Something you all can do in your household, in your marriage, and you put scripture to it. It can be powerful. Because we all need to start doing something. We, we all need to stop doing something. And we all can continue doing something that's great. You want me to read something? My wife wants me to read something. It's in her Bible. Oh, she had already wrote, study with husband one hour every day for a year. Look at God. Look at God. Study with husband every day for a year. Is that what that Bible just said, honey? She wrote it on the front page of the Bible, saints. <laughs> when she got the Bible. When, how long ago was that? Was that before me? No, no. Oh. <laughs> Okay, this is still. <laughs> Woo! You know what? Here we go. You know what? So, that ends part one of what God would have me to tell the saints of God. Pastor I always talk about a bonus. And God had me to really scrap a whole lot of stuff. But He said, save this one for the bonus. So I'm finna come with the bonus, as Pastor puts it, because I just had to be obedient, Pastor. And this is a powerful bonus because it's right on point with what I just got through saying. Again, what was the message, the title? If not you, then who, says the Lord? <laughs> that was awesome. This part two is going to speak a little bit to married partners witnessing together as one unit. And I'm going to talk about some things that affected my life one way or another and because I think everybody been through some of this stuff, not just me or something similar. I got a question. I love these questions like pastor. Somebody going to have an answer to this one. But I'm just curious to know what it's going to be. What is the biggest decision you will make after receiving Jesus Christ as your savior? <laughs> well, you know what? And the word is decision. I mean, there's a lot of ways I could have went with this, but God showed me this was meant for today. He said, finding the one that you will spend the rest of your life with. Because if you got the wrong one, you're going to be in a mess. 
Yeah, you made that decision, but you better pray on the right man or the right woman of God to come in. <laughs> Proverbs 18 and 22, whosoever findeth a wife findeth, finds a good thing and obtain favor from the Lord. So if we're going to obtain favor, then we owe it to God to do some things for him, right? Amen. I just feel that way. Yes. Once that happens, I know the favor's coming, but what do you want me to do, Lord? So I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about the power that comes when God's husbands and wives become a team that witness to others. He will not only give you favor, but your whole family will prosper Come on now. in everything they do. Amen. Generations Amen. to come. Amen. Amen. Luke 10 and 1. After the Lord anointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him into every town and place where he was about to go. The gospel writer Mark gives evidence that Jesus designed the ministry of his disciples to be a team effort. Are husband and wives not disciples of God? Did I miss something here? Man. And we talk about the laborers are few. Well, if you married, let's get it together. Amen. Teamwork makes the dream work. Oh, man, Amen. Hallelujah. Guess what, Pastor? What did our morning prayer do? It brought husbands and wives together. Amen. I, I think after Courtney came in, after yes. her mom passed, Pastor Brian opened it up to the wives. Yeah. It started off with just men. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to be bold. I'm bringing my daughter. Her mom just died. Right. We gonna, us men, we're going to pray for her. And what happened? Thank you, Jesus. He said, it's time for us to bring in the wives. Amen. And we would drive for an hour and pray together at 5 a.m., and they would drive to us, and we would drive to them. And I tell you what, everything lined up God. in your day, yes. in your week, in your month when we did that. Amen. Everything. Amen. Woo! We put our heel on the devil's head doing that, Pastor. Amen. Guess what, Pastor? It's time to get back to the basics. That's just coming from him. We can't let the COVID destroy our marriages. He, he first came to destroy the church. He wanted to destroy marriages just as much as he wanted to destroy the church. Right? So, I thank God for my married couples. Amen. So I'm going to talk about a few little quick things that would kind of hinder our marriages from doing some of the things that God would have us do. God showed me that many mar in mar many marriages, people become roommates. <laughs> they roommates because they, they simply live separate lives under the same roof. When I was in college, I had a roommate. He paid half the bills, I paid half the bills. We saw each other when we saw each other. That's called a roommate. 
Guess what, saints? I'm just here to shame the devil. Come on, I ain't talking about nobody. Shame him. <laughs> I'm just here to shame the devil. Tell the truth, shame the devil, right, Pastor? Roommates. If you're in that category, you know, bring in God, as Pastor say. I had to, you know, go through a lot uh, when it came to the whole idea of marriage. And today, and I hope my parents are on here on Zoom, uh, my best example of marriage is my mom and dad. <laughs> they do it together like peanut butter and jelly. Praise God. I mean, the, even when they see other, when other couples meet them, they be like, wow, because they just like this, like-minded in everything they do. Partnership made in heaven, always positive, active, and full of joy. And I always got a good word. I want to thank them for that example. I love you, Mom and Dad, if you're listening. As I stated, I'm going to shame the devil, though. So you see, my biological father passed away many years ago. He was a decent man. He just didn't know God. He wasn't around a lot. And I spent a lot of years battling the seeds that he had planted. We could spend our whole lives battling the seeds our parents plant. I really had to give it all to God. You know, a child's mind is vulnerable. That's why these kids is out of hand. The first thing they get is violence and rap videos and killing and shooting and video games and shooting and murdering and all of that. What you think they're going to become? So, you know, I loved my dad, but, you know, he just didn't know God. Mama was, his mama was a saved woman, but he had his own thing. You all know what that means, so there's some things in my past that I've been battling. And I think everybody got some problems like that. But we had to put them out there for the devil, let them know. We acknowledge what's going on, what you're doing. Satan, you a lie. That's not going to carry on to the next generation and the next generation. I can honestly say that if my wife wasn't a praying woman who wrote a letter to God, right, Pastor? Asking for the man she desired, I probably would have missed out on that awesome woman of God sitting over there. I was indecisive for many years, and we actually broke up for some years, but after hanging out for a while, with nothing out there. You know, I almost died in Lake Michigan uh, trying to save my son who hit a brake wall on a jet ski that I had and uh, jumped out in the water, and I actually drowned. And I woke up on the beach getting mouth-to-mouth and throwing up water. God saved me. God dealt with me. He said, uh, he spoke to me. He said, I'm the creator. I'm God. Yeah. I can save you. Amen. But you can take yourself out with me without me even being in it. Don't put me in that mess. Wow. <sighs> well, I wasn't that big of a fool. 
because my wife really reminded me of that humble spiritual presence my grandmother had. Very familiar spirit. You know, we, we go to familiar spirits. You know, us men, we start off young, we be messed up, we looking at all the wrong things. But a wise man, he looking at all the right things. Without my wife, I, I, I truly doubt I would be standing here today talking about the greatness of the Father. Amen. Thank you, honey, for keeping God first as I allow God to purge some things out of me. I love you. And I believe God loves me to give me that opportunity for him to use me because he could have allowed me to take myself out because he wouldn't it in the first place. It's all me. Thank you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Joe. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, yeah, with that being said, I, I just truly believe that all men have revelation from God, at least those who are still happily married. <laughs> they got some wisdom. <laughs> That's the word, Wisdom. The kind that comes from the Father. And James 3 and 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So if you don't have wisdom, read this scripture and meditate on it. I remember when God gave me wisdom because I had messed up. And that's the only thing I asked for. Some people ask for Divorce or this or that, and this goes back to my first wife and my children's mother because I knew that I didn't really want to have my children separated from me the way I was separated from my father. So I cried out to God after messing up, but I only asked him for wisdom. And this pastor says God can't tell a lie. He truly blessed me, you know, and he, he blessed everything that uh, I spent. Asked him for with the wisdom on how it should, how I should behave, you know. So now I can see clearly. And I didn't go back and ask myself and my wife, I have to keep her in this. I used to say, what is it I can contribute to mankind as my thanks to God being so loving and gifting me with a loving wife, wisdom, and abundant life, abundant life. But now I just say, what can me and my wife do to thank God and give back? Uh, for, for he died on the cross for us. And I thought about that apostle. Last week she said, we have a debt to pay. Our youth are out here dying. We need to go get the empty vessels, the oil. So that's when God put it in my heart to start studying with my wife in preparation for that assignment. No longer can I talk about me. It's we. And a man with wisdom should surely already know that. Deuteronomy 32, 28 through 31 references this. They are a nation without sense. Verse 29, if only they were wise and would understand this and discern what their end will be. 
Verse 30, how could one man chase a thousand or put 10,000 to flight unless their rock had sold them, unless the Lord had given up? 31, for their rocks is not like our rock as even our enemies conceive. And so when you with your wife, when you with your husband, you got that power to put 10,000 to flight. That should be as easy as anything. Because guess what? When you look at your harvest, your children, your grandchildren, they should really mirror, uh, mirror some of your behaviors, some of your images of your facials. But what God says is, it ain't just about the biological children that you raise. If you did a good job raising your biologicals, he got a whole lot of work for you in the fields. You got to adopt some kids now. You may not bring them home, but surely you got something in you, just like you had it in you for your children, that can steer them to obedience so that we don't lose them all. And guess what? They may lose us first. They may take us out. So, you know, when that woman of God said that, that we got a debt to pay for not telling the story, I was just sitting there like, because you understand this. I'm on the west side of Chicago as an operations manager, and I got five schools. And in those schools, I got Five principals, five assistant principals, et cetera, et cetera. And ain't none of them men. God said, why not you? Somebody got to tell them what they're charged with up in here. I, was, I just fell to my knees. Lord, see, you, you don't know what God has in store. And then I just feel in the spirit that one day some of them prince are going to be like, we really just want to meet your wife, Archie. And there it is. Now we're going to put 10,000 a flight. Hallelujah. Honey, meet me over here on the west side. We're going to have lunch. We're going to feast in the Lord's meal. See, God has set that table so beautifully. And then they go out after you do what God had you to do. And they start changing their mindset about we can't talk about God in the school no more. Hold on. God gave y'all some wisdom. Y'all can do something when these little bad ones come to the office. Y'all got them sitting in the corner. No, 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 no. Let's do something with that. I tell you what, Pastor, let me minister to this little boy. Can I go in your office? I'm on assignment. You think they're going to say no? I don't think so. Because if God made me the head, it ain't no men and principals in the schools. I'm at one in three years. And then they got rid of him. See, the devil know what he's doing. He's slick. He took the man out of the equation. Why do you think our kids are running amok? You some wonderful mothers, but <laughs> I'm telling you, God made man in his own image, and he needed us. 
when it came to raising these young people. But he, but Satan came and just snatched us out of there. Pow. I dare you to go to a school and just walk, knock on doors in classrooms. You ain't going to find no men teachers. <laughs> but see, when you know what's going on, then you can take that to the Lord and he'll show you. And that's what I did. And then he said, well, why not you? <laughs> oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I take it on because I'm bringing you with me, Lord. I can't do this by myself, Lord. Whew. Pastor, what do they call it when we was in Country Club Hills when they had the the, the, the preacher, but they don't call him a preacher when he opens up the council meetings. Um, chaplain. chaplain. The Lord showed me you the chaplain of the West Side School. <laughs> Present yourself to them. God. You ready. And that's the world. You know, we sitting in council meetings in the chaplain, open up and pray and all that. Now you can't even pray in your schools or nothing. Give me a break. Satan, you a lie. Amen. God. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. So, yeah, we need wisdom and power when we go up against the enemy. If you're in daily prayer with your spouse, you can set yourself up for success. So I, I meditated in the end of putting this wonderful word together when I was at my lowest low. <laughs> Lord said, nope. I'm going to give you more power. Praise God. He said, and we're going to go straight through these scriptures, and it's going to sound like Words that were put together without scripture, but every single, and when I read it, I said, look at God, ordered these scriptures. I was sitting there. <laughs> How did you do this, Lord? <laughs> it definitely wouldn't be. So I'm going to start, you know, there's some basic instructions that Lord want us to follow so that we can get the right result. Second Timothy 2 and 15 states that you should do your best to present yourself to God as one approves a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Colossians 3 and 17 says, and whatsoever do you, whether in the word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And Hebrews 4 and 12 says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Joshua 1 and 8. So keep this book on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. In Revelation 1 and 3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of his prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
when God put those scriptures in there, I said, let me read them without saying the name of the scriptures. Lord, I said, whoo, you got some flow in you, Lord. I love it. <laughs> Ooh, Lord. So when a man does this and teams up with his helpmeet, the true woman of God made for him, there's no stopping of an assignment from manifesting in the God's intended plan. Satan can try to stop it, but studying the word gives us the power. And being obedient raises up a standard that he has, he can't block it. Amen. He can't do nothing with it. I know now for me, and I hope for everyone under the sound of my voice, God's confirming is clear. The goal is for all of us to pull out that oil, as that apostle said, and go find those empty vessels. You may feel like you are the empty vessel or that you aren't equipped to go out and witness. But all you got to do is start talking about God, talking about Jesus. You can just use last week's message. And God will use that to heal the world. Amen. Mm. And if you marry, ask God to make you both the perfect team for his glory. Prayer for couples is what is needed because I know a lot of folks that's not in Christ. And if I have some friends online right now that's couples uh, I just want to pray for you all real quick. Amen. Father God, yes, we know the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes, and when you, when COVID came and took us away from you, God, from serving you the, in the right way, Amen. it just made it worse. Because yeah. now these folks that was hard-pressed to get along had to see each other all day, every day. And, Lord God, I just ask you to raise up a standard in them that they may open up your word and read your book and meditate on your words, Father God. Become a team. Become a powerhouse. You bigger than them, Lord, and I want you to let them know it. And you brought them together to serve you, Lord God, not to be roommates. Bring them back to you, Lord God. Put their feet on solid ground, on sacred ground. Thank you, Lord God, for today, for this service, for the words that you anointed in my heart, for the message. I would ask, Lord God, that there's something that I said today that touched someone. That they'll write it down. Rememberize it. Use it for your glory. I'm just so thankful, Lord God, that you brought me out of my mess. And I just once again want to thank the man of God for letting me stand before his people, for your people today and don't think just because the service seeming to me 
God put so much in me, but I tell you what, I'm, I'm just a man standing here. I was a nervous man before I got up here. I'm sweating like any man because I just want to let God lead me and do his will and not mine's. And so when you're approaching people in the world and you're nervous, just get out the way and let God do his will in you. That's what I do. And get, get from being nervous and get up the nerve and have the faith. And let God prosper you in all you do in the name of Jesus Christ, my Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen.